me think it amazing. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? Great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what the, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude and get in the shower, or we're throwing all your cook gear, bro. Jamie's like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. <laughs> 19th century Pax Britannica. Fuck! The summer is here. This is where the summer starts. Domestic cricket is back. Grade cricket is back. And the death of cricket is, of course, back. It's already been the hottest September in Victoria ever. Sydney's already had their hottest October ever. The summer starts now. On the show today, a treat for the eyes, a treat for the ears. That's right. Dan Bredig is on the show. Also, Spencer Johnson is on the show. Speaking of little treats. Um, Pezza, first of all, how are you? Well, thank you. Welcome to the summer. Oh, thanks very much. Welcome to you. This is where it you. starts. Thank you. Now, the World Cup obviously starts this week, but then obviously we're getting all the way through after our elongated summer in the sense that we're playing test matches into January, late January this year. And then Australia go to New Zealand for a couple of tests, a couple of white ball games over there. Um, and so before you know it, it's going to be April and it's going to be beautiful weather. Beautiful weather in April. Now, people think that's 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 football season. No, that's going to be 27 degrees and perfectly sunny for me. Mate, um, I take your point. That's, that's the vibe in Australia if you're listening from around the world. I mean, arguably it's spring, but really it's summer. Mm. Um, footy grand finals done. Mm. Both excellent games. Yep. One code talking very earnestly about was it the greatest ever. Mm. The other just saying, great game. It was good. Play on. Um, there is some sun. Around he goes. Uh, some might say a concerning amount, mm-hmm. uh, but sp- you know, spring is also in the air from the olfactory perspective. Your lilacs, yeah, your lavenders, oh, your lily yeah. of the valley. Mm-mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, very, I am. very sensory time. Mm down in the southeast of Australia, mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got the trappings mm. for the eyes. That they they emerged this weekend. He goes. I feel like I sort of should replace your name with Mister Speaker with the way I'm talking, but. You, like I, on the weekend, driving around, uh, grand final weekend, but that also corresponds with cricket coming back. Yeah, any cricketer knows that. First game of great first cricket, yeah. of great, great mm-hmm. cricket corresponds with the grand final weekend. You, you're driving around, and the trappings for the eyes have changed. You're not seeing the Aussie Rules post down here in Melbourne anymore. Mm. Uh, you're seeing blokes fielding in blinding ice cream whites mm. uh, acquired at a, at a Rebel Sport or a Greg Chapel Cricket Centre, not a sponsor. Um, you know, not yet dirt stained. That's why it's blinding ice cream white. Might have a green or a gold trimming. Mm. Might even be a little bit gaudy. Mm. You know, they might have one sponsor on it or two, uh, uh, a construction company, mm. a local medical centre. Yes. If yes, you will. Yes. Um, you know, service station Oakley's. <laughs> Are being worn, um, and along with a five to eight year old floppy hat, yeah, just strange mix of cream and brown. Mm. Maybe black trainers, yeah. Maybe black trainers and an astroturf pitch. Yuck! That is the uh, the sensory experience of yes. Australia right now, and harrowing stories on ABC Radio about uh, fires in Gippsland State Forest, mm. and it's just turned October. The markings from the 50-metre arc around these local suburban Mm. grounds washed away, and now we're seeing bindies. And by that I mean, much like the Richies, these are people just dress up like Bindi Irwin. I'd go for that, by the way. The bindies. Look, look, (laughs) 
and, and as you said, you know, so, so a lot of club cricket came back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, what they try and call now as a um, – as, as a ridiculous marketing confection premier, premier cricket yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, returned over the weekend. Sydney first grade kicked off with a T20 comp, one group playing a mini carnival out at Benson's Lane, yeah. Hawkesbury, round one, mm. round one, Benson's Lane. And you know what? Steve O'Keefe back at his old club, Hawkesbury, <laughs> took his young charges through to the semifinals. Wow. Steve O'Keefe dusting poor blokes in first grade, possibly – Top two or three spinners in this country at T20 mm. level, mm-hmm. just out there at O and L doing the business in twos as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> other blokes who should be playing twos you've never heard of, mainly failing. Um, yeah, privately wondering whether you know preseasons made any difference to their physical and mental capabilities. So cricket's back. Cricket is back, and I know obviously the main story of this week is the World Cup starts on Thursday, oh, yeah, yeah, Thursday yeah, yeah. night here in that's this country. Big cricket. That's 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 the real stuff. Um, and it's England, New Zealand, but there's but there's a whole heap of stuff before then. And, you know, we had uh, our dear patrons, you know, the people that have got behind mm, T- mm. TJC and, you know, supported TJC through the hard times. Not many good times. Uh, mm. Tom via Patreon wrote in. Mm. What was this? Overnight? Uh, this, this was overnight. Okay, yeah. Overnight, Tom wrote in. Um, and he said, it was just a DM. He said, proof you've made it when people edit the TJC Wikipedia page saying you're homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if this has any links to sauce on blimp or shoving coin slash gum in your cock. Cheers. So, um, first thing I did there, Pezza, just just jumped on the old Wikipedia there. Mm. Uh, the Grey Cricketer. Uh, the Grey Cricketer is the pen name of three Australian cricket writers, Sam Perry, Dave Edwards, and Ian Higgins. They were friends who played Grey Cricket in Australia and began a Twitter account as at Grey Cricketer. They subsequently wrote books and columns and host a podcast. They're all... They're, <laughs> They are also all homosexuals. Now, the best bit about this, he goes, <laughs> apart from the <laughs> multiple inaccuracies. See, I started. Um, <laughs> is that when it says... <laughs> actually, firstly, I just want to say, when Tom wrote in and said your Wikipedia page has been updated, yeah. I was fucking cheering because it hasn't mm. been updated since episode 131. So if anyone wants to get out there and update it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah. didn't realise yeah. that the update... The, yeah. the best bit about this, bit though, is... Do, yeah. <laughs> That's right. In the first few sentences no, alone, no. I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why am I last? I'm not a writer. Um, <laughs> I know what uh, you're about to yeah. say. I, I did the same thing. No, so, so the best bit about this, as you look at it on screen, is that when it gets down to the uh, the line in question, mm. they are also all homosexuals. That's when the footnotes come in. <laughs> And there's there's three references. So there's no footnotes to the other ones. But then there's three references. Perfect vandalism. Perfect. And and it doesn't end there? No. So then then you go down to the live shows tab. Uh, The Great Cricketer has presented live shows over multiple Australian summers and the English summer of 2019 during the 2019 World Cup and 2019 Ashes. The live shows, like the podcast, all normally feature guests. Guests. They also like to kiss each other during the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. It's basically, yeah, it's basically tattoo. Yeah, but That's basically what we're yeah. doing. We're just. Well, we had stoiness at a live show. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> like you get the chance to vandalise. Yeah. It's, it's quite, um, quite a pure like, piece of vandalism though, isn't it? Well, what am I going to say here? Yeah. They'd like to kiss each other during the show. <laughs> I mean, we'd sell more tickets. It would be good. I, who who who'd be vandalising our Wikipedia? I'm thinking it could be, you know, could be Ash's enemies. Oh yeah, you know, yep. 
blokes who called like uh, Australians who called things out as freaks, yeah, or like people who got upset that like the Bearstow video was funny but not the other one. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and here are the parts about the Bearstow video that were funny and yeah, weren't, yeah, etc. Yeah. There was there was there was a mm. group of. Um, mm. people, that, so that that might be yeah, it could be. Now I said, well, the square up is clearly to get on Wikipedia and say they kiss each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, could be. Could be my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> could, just, could just be people who came to the live shows and saw what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. People who know us. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, just on the on the th- so Tom wrote in for uh, via Patreon. Uh, and if you want to support TJC, you can support us by joining our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash great cricket. I said last week, you can also get the Patreon feed now on Spotify. You can just search TJC Patreon on Spotify on the app there. You can unlock the op- uh, the episodes uh, available there on the feed, uh, just logging your details and the way you go. So during the World Cup, our schedule is, of course, hashtag ask TJC Fridays. That doesn't stop. That runs all the way through the tournament. That's every single Friday. Every week, your questions lose dark raw. 45 extra minutes of podcast. We have also recorded 10 previews of each team participating and indeed competing in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, they will be released. I think we've done six now, seven, including today. I think Australia is going to come out today, that, that preview there. So we've done all the teams and they've got three left to come out before Thursday's match. Uh, then we're also doing reviews for India, Pakistan, England, Australia. Every single one of those games involving those teams will do a review. Um, if you only just listen through TJC instead of watch the stuff through the eyeballs, there you can subscribe to patreon patreon.com forward slash great cricketer pez um just just start uh, just before we get into the world cup i know it's the big story but domestic cricket is, is back i mean you know i mean domestic like it's just in the air again you know it's, it's obviously raining today so um you know explain that pat cummins solar panel pat but um he won bbc's green sports athlete of the year by the way that's the big one yeah that's the big one that's just going to unleash the trolls again um but you actually went to a domestic cricket game yourself Mate, more than that more than that. I, I honestly think that, like, we're doing this cast every week. This is the main cast. This is the conglomerate of everything yeah. happening in cricket. Cricket mm-hmm. isn't just fucking the uh, – now that's a flashback. Mm. Uh, cricket <laughs> cricket yeah. isn't just big cricket, you know, sponsored by, you know, corporates with deep pockets yeah. and, and genetic freaks. Mm. You know, cricket's a lot of shit. That's what this cast is meant to be. So I think opening with domestic cricket is entirely appropriate. Uh, my domestic cricket uh, kind of experience in the last couple of weeks has been uh, like – varied and deep so like so i'm going to start at the junction oval okay a couple of weeks ago with the invitation mm. of uh of the of the titan of cricket writing gideon Haig. i joined him at his yarra's club nets on a uh on a on a thursday evening right um yeah no, i see you you're concerned uh, well not only because his team's sponsored by aramco <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> There's bulk bunts involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, I, I wouldn't have ever – I wouldn't have faced human pace bowling for five years. Human pace bowling? Human pace bowling. We, we were in a net. We are in a, a ball machine last year. Yeah, that's right. true. Okay, yeah. yeah, with you, with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, I, I approached the – can I talk about the experience of actually I welcome it. playing cricket? I welcome um, it. What's that like? Well, I, exp- I approach the occasion with, with ambition. Okay. Know? Yeah, right. Um, Hope in your heart. Well, yeah, fi- finally, like, uh, unshackled from the anxiety of attainment in cricket, like, through performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I'm a wizened man now, okay. pushing 40 with a wife and two children. <laughs> Must be nice. I-, I wanted to use the stage, you know, to launch 
the identity of the cricketer that I always wanted to be. Oh, okay. Now's right? the time. Now's, Now's the, the time. time. Okay. Uh, cavalier and swashbuckling with the blade. Um, you know, feet closer together, hands higher on the bat to maximise leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. <laughs> looking to score first and defend second, you know, <laughs> basketball, if you will. <laughs> okay. Um, now, so that, that was my ambition. Turn up to the nets. Yeah. I told you this. Wearing, wearing, uh, so, so I don't have like, I don't play for this club, right? I'm, 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 um, I've, I've been around it before. Mm. Played one game like uh, six years ago. Yeah. For the club. I just know Gideon, he invited me down to a net, um, you know, to talk shop. That's how, um, that's how we do business. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The nets. A lot of yeah. people do golf or pub. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, I don't, I don't have like any of this gear, so I wore. What, what, what would you would you wear in that situation? Active wear, like a. Well, just skins. like no, no, no. Active wear, just yeah. being like yeah. just shorts and um, yeah. a t shirt. No, I, I, As if you're I, going I wore to this the black. I, I wore a, a, a black t shirt. Yeah, Nike sponsored. Yeah, sponsored. Sponsored. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and black shorts. Okay. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just some just some runners or something. That's what Trains. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, turn up. Bloke says to me like, they're they're all in there like uh like white South Yarra, um like oh. playing. Oh, not playing oh. kit. Like the training kit. White with some sponsors on it. Blue shorts. And he goes, not in a white shirt. That's village. Like, and I, and I'm like, oh, like I'll just be polite. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Internal uh, yeah. crow's feet. Yeah, yeah. Deluxe. <laughs> I'm fucking sideshow. So that tra- so training shirt is a white shirt. Oh, no, it's the training. T-shirt, like okay. a tra- training shirt, is okay. uh, is is white with some like um you know sponsors and yeah, paraphernalia, yeah. sure, written, yeah, yeah. written word, yeah, yeah. local sort of rub, Spon- rub and tugs, you know, twenty percent off exactly. your next hand job, but uh, yeah, 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 that's it, and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, immediately, immediately, I was just told what I've done to turn, I've turned up the village, yeah, black t-shirt and shorts. Well, what's up? Some guy's seen you and he's trying to out for you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, sideshow Bob was shuddering like inside, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> stepping on. Yeah, I mean, look, because if you're turning up to a club first time, yeah. you're not wearing playing whites unless you God are no. looking for, um, you know, like someone from the AFP following you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, actors wear black. You know, uh, actors take on different roles. It's a very neutral color, creates a sort of blank slate where the per- perception of your character is not affected by your clothing. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like where you know Bell Shakespeare meets. Clubbies. That was my. That was my vibe. Now, if you turned up in a uh, sort of uh, black and white striped shirt with face paint on, like a mime, then I could have understood this guy's point. That's village, or, or indeed he should have said that's village. I don't know, with black face paint on, I'd be in a bit of trouble. I'd imagine. It's 2023, basically, you can't do that. I know we used to do that. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh. I go into bat, best of intentions. I've seen blokes bowling. There's a speed gun at Junction Oval. Nothing's over 105 k's. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and long story short, and it has been a long story, I go into bat and uh, I can't really see the ball very well. Eyes gone. Yeah, okay. No glasses. Yeah. Didn't bring my glasses. I'd forgot, like, in my habit, I've only taken on glasses in the last year or so. And... Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't part of my my routine of, no, of, of taking cricket stuff yeah, to the yeah. ground. Oh, I better bring my glasses. Yeah. Uh, so it was just a deeply uncomfortable experience. My hands were very low on the bat. My feet were wide, and I was merely trying to survive. Mm. Yep. Against blokes by 100 k. So and, it, and that is just the that's what the where the wisdom should have been is that when you get older, 
you can't really see that well. Mm. Also not that good at cricket. Yeah, I, I, I guess like you had you had ambition that's like I've spent enough time away from this game. I've sort of I've stepped back from it now and I look at it, you know, from, you know, 10,000 feet. Yeah. That's how far you step back. It's actually up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you thought, I understand this game now better. I understand myself better as a person. Yeah. I figured out the weaknesses. I'm freer. And I'm freer of the mind. I've been liberated. Less to lose. And then once you actually get there, you realise. I got in there and I couldn't actually see the guys at the end of the net. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is going to be a problem. Because they were all wearing face paint and, and camouflage. <laughs> coming out of the and hedges. I was, I was too. <laughs> no, no, no one bowled because they were calling the police. Uh, anyway, yeah, so then a couple of days like, over the weekend. Uh, so, again, like just to set it up. Um, had my boys. Um, my mm-hmm. wife was working night shift. By the way, if she's not listening, which she isn't, happy birthday to Tori. And um, <clears throat> uh, she was working a night shift and then she's sleeping at her mum's house, which is near the hospital, right? And um, mm-hmm. so in the area, uh, I'm going to go for a swim, real hot day. So I'm like, I've got a couple of hours to kill with the boys. Swing by the junction, New South Wales, Victoria. And I, I endorse it. You know, bumped into a good friend of ours, Tom Morris, friend yep. of the show. Yep. Um, Forber from St Kilda, used to play with Forber. And uh, got a spot on the hill. Very rustic, almost bucolic experience. Got a couple of lemonade icy poles for the boys. Enough space around where, like, if my three-year-old um, needed to go to the toilet, which he did, I could just take him to the back. He could just wee on the ground. Right. You know, okay. but, that, but people who have kids all, you know, sort of uh, know their way around a suburban cricket game or whatever, you can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I endorse it. I watched Todd Murphy and Scott Boland put on a clinic. New South Wales were chasing 300, you know, looked okay but weren't ever going to get there. It was, it was a good it was a good afternoon at Junction Oval. Um, speaking of uh, domestic cricket grounds, there's been great revelations with Karen Rolton Oval now having a drop-in pitch. Now, now this is the, the drop-in pitch is now drop-in and natural, both options available. But as more to that, they've been it's a fucking protected wicket now. It's getting fucking a protected species. It's a protected species now. That's right, endangered. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean this, this this you hear how the wicket got there, like the like the, the turf from the Adelaide Oval got transported there. This is how important cricket wickets are and what should be done to push back on drop-in wickets. Yeah. So um, I read this at cricket.com.au. Um, I was a bit confused with cricket.com, uh, our sponsor from India. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, like, w- th- there was a business and logistics case that had to be approved by the SACA and permits received from Adelaide City Council and a National Heavy Vehicles Register, mm-hmm. where then 25 by 3 metre concrete troughs weighing 30 tonnes apiece were transported with police escort for five hours <laughs> through the Adelaide CBD from Adelaide Oval to Karen Rolton Oval. Right, right, yeah. That's the sort of commitment to natural wickets I want to see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. to transplant the the excellence of the Adelaide Oval character and turf. Like it's good to see with the direction of cricket at the moment, maybe a move away from, uh, from wickets with a lot of character that go for a long time, mm. uh, that – Still, it's worthy of a police escort. Yeah, Five-hour exactly. police escort. Yeah. Now, you think about, like, how many wickets have been damaged in clubland over the years. Like, if only there was a police escort and just general 24-hour security around it, then we it's wouldn't have, step. you know, hoses being left under there, um, mm. people sleeping with other people under the covers. Under the covers. Yeah. That's right. Um, all allegations. Um, Pezza, a nice thing uh, that I saw in, uh, in well, in, in the in the county scene, I suppose, obviously, Surrey winning, they went they went back-to-back, um, mm. winning the third-grade premiership there. Trent Bridge, though, <laughs> they named one end after 
Uh, Stuart Broad, the Stuart yeah, Broad ends. Nice. Uh, nothing more um, befitting of the man uh, who fucking destroyed Australia so many times, famously yeah. at Trent Bridge, um, with that with that one weird spell. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a nice touch for Trent Bridge. Well, to yeah, it know, means like have a Stuart Broad end. Whenever there's an Ashes series, it has both Trent Bridge and Old Trafford in it. Like so, two out of five tests, we're going to be hearing guys bowling from the Jimmy Anderson end or the Stuart Broad end. Um, yeah, see, for me, it I might just, even just be Jimmy Anderson still bowling. <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Anderson from the Stuart Broad end. <coughs> Indeed. Um, to that end, Pez, unless you want to talk about something else from um, from domestic club land, uh, I was going to talk about uh, Wasted Saturdays and uh, getting people so, to DM well, us your clips. Well, I wouldn't uh, – like there's, there's probably nothing more domestic cricket than Wasted Saturdays. Mm. So – Mm. Uh, p- please, uh, please introduce what this is. So we we released a clip uh, last week. Um, just 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 uh, just reviewing a couple of clips that were sent in via the DM uh, method uh, of people just enjoying their Saturdays, uh, ultimately wasting their Saturdays, as we all have done for basically you know, our entire teens and twenties, and for those of the hardcore persuasion into their thirties and forties. Mm. Um, so we want to see your clips from you know your frog boxes of the world, your general uh, private stream setup on the cricket field. Don't really need to see too much feet stuff too much always always mm. always some oh, tubs uh, and we're, and we're going we're gonna to create a new segment uh, a new show for our YouTube properties uh, and social media generally called Wasted Saturdays mm. we're going to uh, we're going to receive your clips via DM uh, or email if you want to go to our website you can send it in there I guess as well uh, or just actually just whatever is the easiest method for you to send it to us and we're going to uh, we'll just we'll just we'll just uh, react to them <laughs> Wasted Saturdays is where um, club cricket meets sun damage Failed relationships and broken dreams. Um, and I hear what people are saying. I can hear them right now, and I know you can mm. as well. You know, is, uh, is this going to be two blokes bullying people's cricket conduct online? Maybe. Um, we are the cricket argue- police. Arguably, wee-oh, yes, wee-oh, exactly. wee-oh. <laughs> but, but we ask, we ask you to like, think, more, think more deeply about it than that. Like, you know, aren't we all wasting time? Yeah. Here he goes. Like, like uh, you know. Are you the listener who's who's already gearing up to send in multiple clips of your friends' mm. uh, poor or um, ridiculous cricket conduct um, to, to two podcasting dickheads off the internet? Are you really all that alpha doing that? Mm. Um, Let's are, find out. Are we two blokes pushing 40, <laughs> ostensibly policing people's cricket conduct? Wee. Uh, are we throbbing in life? Mm. Mm. In, um, arguable. Uh, you know, the, the truth is uh, Wasted Saturdays is a – like a celebration of the absurdity of cricket, really for you know for anything that gets played, uh, we've all been there. Um, so yeah, like what are we looking at? We we want we want clips that are um, you know mishaps, blow ups, kit shaming, um, the real nuts, bolts, realities, and practicalities of the game we love. And you know, he goes like big cricket, like capital B, capital C, big cricket, uh, big media, really is just clip ups now. Like life yeah, yeah. is fucking clip ups. Like it's, it's clip ups of the real thing that you never see. All yep. you see is the clip up of the thing. Now, what do people who are listening to this or watching this want to see for the rest of their life? Do they really want to see millionaire genetic freaks <laughs> hitting hundred meter sixes, bowling hundred mile an hour? Yeah, uh, just clipped up, fucking having your eyeballs plied and pilloried with this shit. Mm. Is that what people want? Probably. <laughs> 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 or do you want yeah. a better? Um, kind of catch-all scenario where you get what really happens the in real cricket. cricket. The real cricket. People's stuff, real experiences. stuff we all play yeah. or played. Yeah. So we're imploring you to fight back against the freak stuff. 
Send us your real moments. Um, all right, should we talk? Should we talk about the World Cup? Uh, if anyone wants to sponsor that, hello at gradcricketer.com. So I was reading uh, this morning, Pez, incoming MCC President Mark Nicholas has said that ODI should only be played in World Cups. Here's what he said. Uh, he's talking to ESPN <sighs> Quick Info, by the way. Are you about to throw to a uh, sound effect? No, 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 no. Shit. I'm just going to read it. Yeah. Uh, he said, we believe strongly that ODI should be World Cups only. We think it's difficult bilaterally now to justify them. They're not filling grounds in a lot of countries. And there is a power at the moment to T20 cricket that is almost supernatural. It's more than just ticket sales. It's the amount of people that want to own franchise the amount of countries that want to run tournaments. It's the amount of players that want to be in a market all around the world. In a free market, the most money wins, and that's just the end game. The players can see that bubbling away, and they want to be part of it. So it is an extraordinary power that T20 has, and I think scheduling 50-over cricket alongside it just continues the story of the death knell of the ODI game. Very hard to disagree with anything he's just said there. Um, so uh, Seems like a positive way of saying... Like bilaterals are dead. Yes, yes, indeed. But I don't really understand the point of an ODI World Cup if there's like literally nothing laddering into it. Like, do we just turn up every four years and start playing a format that no one's been playing every four years because we liked it as kiddies? Yeah, I suppose because, I mean, the idea of watching professional sport generally is that you're watching the the absolute top echelon of it. You're watching the best, things that you can't achieve. Mm. Um, Something that's been built towards. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, I still suspect that this 50-over World Cup is going to be exciting. It's going to be great moments. So, and I'm... At this moment in time, I don't mind there being no ODI cricket played except for like two months before the next World Cup and then they just fucking try and figure it out. Now, that's easy to say because what if because I mean, but what if Australia don't win every game? No, because <clears throat> I, I still like the 50 over World Cup in the sense that there are great moments and there's obviously history and lineage towards yeah. that. So, And that's something that T20 cricket, for the most part, I don't think has been able to capture just yet. Saying that... I think the greatest cricket moment I've ever seen last night was in a T20 game. Uh, not last night. Um, <laughs> la- what was the greatest um, moment la- you saw last la- night? <laughs> <laughs> um, last year when, you know, India versus Pakistan, Kohli, etc. So that's a great moment and is part of now the history of the sport. The problem is that there's been so many World Cups so often that it's like it seems to diminish the idea of world champions and anything, mm-hmm. including the World Test Championship, to be honest. So... Actually, what would happen if you just got rid of ODI cricket completely and there's obviously then less World Cups because there's not that every four years, then maybe the T20 World Cup has elevated status, perhaps. I'm not sure. I'm just not quite ready as a guy who's 37 to like give up all the great memories that I've had of ODI cricket, you know, like my... Not ready. Yeah, like, no, because I'm... I, I, I still, I like it. Like, I liked all the... I liked the time when we won four out of five. Um, you know, I liked it when Herschel Gibbs dropped the catch. I like it when Shane Warne just went ballistic against South Africa. I like Gilchrist 100 in the West Indies uh, against uh, Sri Lanka and other things that have happened in cricket. For other teams that I'm told about but never saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll read the comments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, I'm not quite ready to give that up yet, but uh, I take Mark Nicholas's point is that if, if you're not quite ready to give up the entire sport just yet, then you can only really have it in ODIs when there is genuine uh, World Cups and there's genuine jeopardy in it, which is why I think this World Cup is still going to bang. Of course, because India will probably win it and um, they're the home team and they love cricket and they've got heaps of people. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think that the, like, influx of domestic franchise T20 cricket has just crowded the schedule so much and is – worth so much more money mm. than um, than 
international one day bilateral cricket. Uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's got to give, and I, I just think there's, I just think there's too much cricket. I don't really understand. Like, I appreciate the. I, I hear what Mark Nicholas says as middle ground. Mm. Like, okay, we'll get rid of this the ODI cricket that doesn't matter and doesn't make any money, but we'll keep the ODI cricket that we like, which is something that happens once every four years. But mm. the paradox is that we like what happens with the ODI World Cup because it. Is, has been laddered up to by something. I mean, I, I just I, I fail to see a world where like players, young players now who are growing up on a diet of any format of cricket but one day cricket, then just gather every four years to just start playing this new format because it continues a traditional lineage of what came before. Yeah. I just I, I just fail to see how the game can sustain three formats, and that includes one days, but. Now you know that that just that just means that this is this World Cup is probably going to bang. You know, like I I really see it as you know the, the vibe is older players trying to win the last serious one mm. they'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Uh, India home comforts versus home pressures. England defending champions, old blokes who know how to win it. Pakistan just vibe and electricity. New Zealand avenging the most harrowing loss in the history of sport. Australia needs its golf simulator to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there is there is another World Cup, fifty over World Cup in South Africa and Zimbabwe in four years' time. That one's already oh, yeah, been. That one's scheduled. Yeah, that was been scheduled. So, like, is there a world where that just doesn't happen because it's like we don't like this? Everyone says we don't care about it anymore, or like India doesn't send a team because they're like, nah. Not I mean, interesting. Things have changed a lot in four years. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And, I mean, you think about how long think- how long ago. Sorry, how long ago it was that. That, that final happened, you know, the, the first game of this World Cup, England and New Zealand, how long ago that felt like in four years' time. What I mean, we even said like during the Ashes, like what is the Ashes going to look like for both countries in four years' time when Australia is next in the UK? Exactly. It's like what the fuck does that even look like? I mean – Saudi Arabia hasn't even really come into cricket yet. It is incredible that England managed to save Test cricket, which is fantastic news for the West Indies, South Africa, New Zealand – uh, just associate nations, you know, because it's just fucking rejuvenated the whole sport. Um, you like still talking about that? <laughs> Look, that was unnecessary jab. But uh, the point being, just like four years is a very long time and the whole uh, landscape of this sport is going to be, mm. well, I think we all know where, where it's going. Mm. It's just, it's T20 circuit. Mm. Exactly, T20 circuit. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying though about like, have you ever loved a T20 game? Have you ever loved a, <laughs> have you ever loved a tournament? Like, like loved it, love yeah. I've loved the test series. So funny, man. I don't know if I've ever loved. I've probably loved the World Cup, fifty over World Cup, probably. It's 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 a really difficult question. You, I can easily answer the question as an individual, like just from my personal experience. I know we keep mentioning our age on this show for some reason, but like just as a a thirty eight year old with the diet of cricket I had as a child and that connection you make to the game hmm. as a as a child and the way that that's wrapped up in family and community and your experience of the game it just hmm. that just shapes so deeply how you feel about formats today so i can speak really yeah I, I don't i don't have a love of the format of t20 cricket but i think that's um that's likely to be purely influenced by what i fell in love with what my classical conditioning was you know hmm. my imprinting of cricket mm-hmm. uh, so i don't that isn't to say that T20 is unlovable. In fact, I'd be interested in asking kids who first found cricket through T20 how they feel about that format. And I think that's probably the more um, agnostic flight, 50,000 feet 
question over the future of the game. It's, you know, what do um, younger people uh, fall in love with when it comes to cricket? It's probably what, what you first see and first like, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah. and, and if you eliminate bilateral ODIs, as Mark Nicholas is suggesting, and probably um, wisely, I don't really understand how the you know next generation of cricket fan forms any bond with it that would then yeah, absolutely, that yeah. would then justify mm. a world cup in a completely different format to any other cricket every 4 years but it just also mean you know so so there is again like like with the last ashes there's a there's this, a, a grander sense of finality to this to this world cup uh, mm. and like we're doing a fuckload of coverage for it uh, so, like, I'm, I'm definitely keen to get into it with a sense of poignancy about it. Mm. Um, to that end, do you want to talk about uh, Australia's squad, which was announced last Thursday? They were they were one of the last teams who actually finalised their squad, and the news there is that Ashton Agar is out, Manus Labuskakni is in, Travis Head is also in that squad. They won't play until at least halfway through the tournaments or the 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 round robin games. Um, Massive loss, Agar, for Australia. Massive loss. So. Uh, given the fact that uh, that Head is also unlikely to play the first well, five games, you would suggest. No one actually knows exactly, probably including Travis Head. Um, but uh, without those two players, I mean, Agar just so significant in India with his fielding, lower order batting and left arm spin. Uh, that's, that's a big loss. Because now now in the squad, there's just Zampa, Maxwell, Marnus bowled in one of the, uh, the warm-up games the other night. I know he's both at Queensland in the Marsh Cup before. Uh, it's, uh, it's a significant mm. blow. Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see whether in India, as we expect, that like spin will play a massive role. We, we presume that it does because every time we go there for red ball cricket, yep. it definitely does. But yep. uh, I don't really know how it um, jives with the the season of uh, that, that that's over there in India at the moment, as in, as in the as in the weather patterns, what it's doing to the wickets. Is it? I was listening to Western yeah. Cricket podcast this morning. Mark Butcher suggesting that it will actually be a seam heavy uh, tournament. Well, there's been so much rain recently, yeah, so ma- maybe spin is overrated. You know, for yep. uh, that, and but that's just me clutching at straws for the many gaps that appear to be in Australia's side. Yeah. The other thing with Agar is that you know, having had the privilege of talking to a bunch of the boys, you know, like him Zampa. Stoyness, like they, they sort of, they have a little bit more ownership of that white ball team culturally as well. You know, yeah, I think yeah. they, they kind of get around together a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think his absence hurts there as well. He, he definitely contributes to the idea of fun in the side and, and all that kind of thing. Mm. So uh, I, I think it's a huge loss. I think it's a really, and I think it's a really important cricketer in a place like India. Um, I saw uh, this on Instagram yesterday. Dinesh Karthik was talking on Crick Buzz and he said, I met Smith, talking about Steve Smith, during the World Test Championship final and saw Virat Kohli written on his bat. So the words Virat Kohli was written on Steve Smith's bat. Smith told told me, I have been playing with Virat Kohli's bat for some time now. And, we told, and he told me that for the Ashes, he's waiting for Virat Kohli to send another bat. That is respect and bond, both wow. shares between them. That's amazing. So, That's a genuine fucking, story. It's a genuine story, yeah. I like the Virat like a child at school writes his name on his things. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's very good. That's yeah. uh, it's very diligent. Do you reckon like it was one of the bats he scored 100 with and he signed it for C. Smith and now Smith's just using it? That's ex- that's really <laughs> that's really extraordinary, like just knowing or being again, like pummeled with information about Steve Smith's relationships to his kit. Yeah. Like I'm hearing this for the first time, you're yep. saying that. Yeah. And I would have thought that like Steve Smith would have been 
you know, part of the fucking tree growing process of his bats yeah. from, from age two. Yeah. Uh, instead, he's just picking one up out of Virat's kit and going, that feels nice. Can I use that spare? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not with, I'm not with MRF, but I can chuck, chuck a couple of MB stickers on it and away we go. Um, let's talk about India, uh, who were obviously hosting the tournament, and then the pressure on these guys to win every single game is going to be so immense. I mean, that's, 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 that's the thing that we probably haven't spoken about enough, like the length of this tournament. Um, England and Australia travel the most of any teams, like going to eight different cities for their nine group games. Incredible. I mean, England played a, in their one of their warm-up games against against India, uh, and they travelled for 38 hours, 38 hours on the road to travel to where the game was, and it was washed out. Um, so, awesome. <laughs> so all pretty good stuff there for those boys. Um, but uh, with the tournament going for literally six weeks, if you, if you make the final, you're going to play 11 games. I mean, given that no one plays ODI cricket and hasn't done for the last four years or taken it seriously or put their best 11s onto the field, um, the idea that you're going to win 11 games or win probably even nine games is probably quite fanciful. Um, But that's probably something that India, the expectation will be for India, such as the pressure on them to win every single game. And if they lose a game, sweeping changes and the pressure from outside is is going to be so immense that I think that's going to be their biggest issue. That's they have to smash everybody in 11 games. Yeah. India. Yeah. Well, uh, look, I, um, I, I picked this up, uh, important nugget, just to show how uh, j- holistic yeah. the, uh, the effort is from, from the entire Indian nation to win this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I picked up this little nugget yeah. uh, from RVCJ Sports. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and it says, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a picture of Ravi Chandran Ashwin with an un, uh, unknown man to me. Uh, I don't know his face. But it says above it, Cricket Australia contacted Mahesh Pithia, a bowler with similar bowling action to Ashwin, for bowling in nets. And then underneath the photo it says, Mahesh Pithia rejected their offer. It's not going to be easy for Australia this time. <laughs> So I think India. If this is this is the same guy that must they must have got for the Test series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It helped a lot, probably. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it just goes to show. I, I think India is India is all in. They're all pulling in the one direction. Anything else for India? Oh, not really. I mean, we, we've got our like we've got a, a big preview of them on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think. Uh, India, India's home comforts versus home pressures. I mean, they, they've got a complete side. I think they they mm. really should. They really should win the game. I, I think in terms of this World Cup, um, going into the semi-finals, winning nine from nine is going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, mm. I just think you want to you want to jammy six from nine wins uh, and head into the World Cup with like heading to the semis with momentum. Uh, you know, somebody can wake up and just have a great day. Uh, it, it's all about momentum at the right time. Uh, again, on the wisdom cast as well i'd shout out to those guys they're just noting that um you know 40 percent of the teams make the final three games uh and so you just want to be in that 40 percent yeah and for your cricket at that moment in time to be really singing uh given that that is in the week leading up to the 19th of november and it's the 3rd of october mm-hmm. uh it's it's a long way away yeah so uh you know honestly like for, for this world cup I think 
India, traveling around to eight cities across a couple of weeks, like which is a lot of domestic flights, a lot of in a hotel, out of hotel, mm. uh, a lot of scrutiny. I just think that the team that stays uh, is such a cliche, but stays together and has a fun time uh, is is going to be the team that you know gives themselves a good chance to be firing come the end of the tournament. I just think with so much cricket that these big teams have played over mm. the year, uh, two months in India altogether under the glare and spotlight of the World Cup could get on top of you very, very quickly. So the the Australian and the English guys in particular, yeah. you look at Cameron Green, for instance, who is, oh, in, yeah. who is in the squad, his last eight months have been the Australian summer, then into the Border Gavaska series, um, and then into the IPL straight away. And then, so he played for Mumbai, who made the, they did make the final, they got knocked out in the game before the final, is that called the prelim or the semi-final, or however that works, whatever it's called, the second last game. Um, and then he went home for three days, mm. and then he flew out to England, then he was there for the World Test Championship, and then the Ashes, that was six mm. weeks, ironically, actually the same amount of time that this World Cup goes for, same as the IPL. So then he goes from that uh, to the Ashes, the intensity of the Ashes. longer, yeah. Yeah. And then he can, and then he's been back home for a little bit. Now he's going back to another World Cup. In the meantime, playing in South Africa, being hit in the head, being concussed, uh, a few other things. Now that's just that's just Cameron Grant. There'll be other guys in a similar position to that, um, though they wouldn't have had the intensity of the uh, Border Gavaskar series as Australia and and mm. uh, and India did in um, March. But it's just you know it's a long time away from home. Uh, and it's so much cricket and just the ebbs and flows of your form across three different formats. Absolutely remarkable. Oh. Um, Australia seemed like tired and limping yeah. to me. But maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe you want to be tired and limping on the 3rd of October. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you – can you can you alchemise it all for the back half of the tournament? Mm. You know, that seems to be the – like they, they've, they've no – Australia's no doubt got the players yeah. to get the job done if, if – um, Andrew McDonald, you know, with George Bailey and Pat Cummins can um, get, you know, like get the boys coming off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the right time. That's mm. really the, the game, isn't it? They're all world-class players. They've done well in India before. They've got the experience. Mm. Uh, what, what can be done between now and the back end of the tournament to ensure that like people are, mm. are happy and excited yeah. about getting into the fucking sixth or seventh week of their Indian trip. Right. Right. Um, so to that end, England, obviously defending champions. Uh, we've obviously, we've done a preview for them. You can get that on Patreon uh, or indeed YouTube. Um, but they, they do seem the next most likely to challenge India. Um, given the quality of their batting in particular. Uh, we noted in the preview that their bowling is uh, unders compared to what it was in 2019 when they won the thing. Obviously, Jofra Archer is not available. Ben Stokes was bowling in that in that World Cup. And then Liam Plunkett obviously doesn't play for England anymore. He was fantastic and had been for a period of time, actually several years, heading into that World Cup for England and was a key contributor. Uh, so, But fuck me, the batting is so good. I mean, the, bat- the batting is so strong that you feel like um, that scoreboard pressure puts... Um, they're bowling at ease a little bit. Um, maybe it doesn't need to be as high quality as, as what it was four years ago. But um, they do seem the next most likely to me. I, d- I did fail to mention earlier, he goes, uh, just from the local uh, or, or host broadcaster of, of the World Cup, um, Star Sports, they, um, yeah. they picked 11 players uh, to watch out for. 11 in, to watch out for? 11 players to watch out for in World Cup okay. 2023, courtesy of uh, – of Johns uh, at Crick Crazy Johns, 
So there's, so there's uh, the 10 teams, uh, squad of 15, so 150, 150 players, 11 to and watch. And the Star Sports Expert panel made up of obviously a lot of Indian cricket greats, but also greats from um, all World Cup playing yeah, nations as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. it's a um, full diversity there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, uh, Star Sports Experts pick 11 players to watch out for in World Cup 2023. Uh, the 11 players are Shubman Gill, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli. <laughs> Barbara Azam, four. Heinrich Klaassen, five. Yep. Joss Butler, six. Yeah. Um, Hardik Panja, seven. Okay, yep. Rashid Khan, eight. Kulip Yadav, nine. <laughs> Jaspreet Bumrah, ten. And Shaheen Sharafri. So six Indians okay. and five from the remaining countries. Okay. No Aussies in there? No, no, no. Any Kiwis? No. No, they made the no. They tied it. No, 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 no. They're not there. One one English player. But watch out for Shubman, Rohit, Virat, (laughs) Hardik, Kuldeep, Jaspreet. Yeah. Uh, See if they if they fucking lose the toss, they're they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, they're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, it's a good team. Um, speaking of good teams, Pez, last night uh, Australian and West Indies women were embroiled in a battle at North Sydney Oval. In fact, that's two. Two games so far in that series, in that yep. white ball series at North Sydney Over. West Indies chased down a world record 212, three down. Hayley Matthews hit 132 of 64. She also took three for 36 opening the bowling in the first innings. Here's what she said after the game. Today was quite incredible. I don't think any days of cricket have beaten that. The leadership of the team has definitely helped me to take responsibility of my game. That along with learning and understanding my game a lot more from playing franchise and T20 cricket on the road. So Australia in the first innings, um, may obviously made two hundred and twelve. Uh, Phoebe Litchfield came in in the end, hit fifty two red, uh, an eighteen ball fifty. Elise Perry hit uh, seventy or forty six. Um, and you're thinking, uh, well, Australia's going to do it again because they won the first game so easily. They chased down 147, two down in 13 overs in the first game again at North Sydney Oval. Hayley Matthews, by the way, also scored 99 red off 74 balls out of wow. 147. Alisa Healy and Talia McGrath scored 50s in the run chase. That was in the first game. So Australia made 212 at North Sydney Oval in the second game there at night, last night indeed. And then Hayley Matthews, 132 of 64. One of the most unbelievable performances from um, any opposing opposing player in a white ball game in Australia. That is just, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. My questions. Um, <laughs> here are my thoughts, Pezza, watching mm. it. Uh, Australia in the field were absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. Um, dropped several catches. And I was just looking at the statistics uh, this morning, actually, from Hayley Matthews, 132. 77 runs through cover. I think it was 17 fours and three sixes through cover. Now, Alicia Healy afterwards uh, spoke about the execution with the bowling plans and the fielding generally. Um, Alicia Healy's had a, a little bit of a rough uh, rough time as captain, you have to say, since Meg Lanning did not play, uh, did not travel even uh, to go over to the Ashes. Obviously, Australia did enough to retain the Ashes, but... I'm in two minds here about Australia's standards perhaps a little bit slipping. They've obviously batted well by scoring 212 and they obviously won the first game so easily, but how poor the fielding was last night and how poor the bowling was into the execution of the, uh, the bowling plans to the field set. Unders, remarkably unders. But is it that or is it this because of the T20 franchises, players from around the world playing in a higher quality competition that you're going to see the gap between Australia and the rest of the world closing yes, the together? the gap closing. Yeah, well, 
I, I mean, you know, like there's, there's two ways to look at it. One mm. is like it's really good to see the gap closing because Australia has been like unassailable yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for a long period of time and now there are these systems and structures that permit um, them everybody to play with each other and, uh, you, you know, like all the intimidation to go away because you know them and stuff like that. Yep. On the other hand, I mm. wouldn't mind an Australian team that just continues to dominate because it yeah. does something for me. Yeah. You know I like it. I, mean? I like it if the other teams continue to, you know, perform excellently but mm. just, just not quite as good as Australia. Yeah. Hayley Matthews played for Mumbai. I think it's, I think it's Mumbai in the WPL. Right. Uh, this one just gone. So I mean, she's obviously a sensational player, and obviously uh, accredits. Um, sorry, credits her her captaining role to increase the quality of her performances, which is interesting itself because, um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the, the case necessarily for the Australian captain at the moment. Take your point on uh, Midge's captain. They're, I mean, noted um, Meg Lanning came back last week. For yeah, Victoria, played Victoria. WCL, yeah, made yeah. fifty. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm not sure if there's news on whether whether she's due back in Australian colours anytime I, I soon. I don't know. Um, but don't you'd know. imagine coming back for Victoria is a pretty good sign. Um, while it's on my mind, people coming back for Victoria, so is Will Pukowski as well. Uh, nice. In the Shield next week. Nice. So nice. All the best to Park. Um, I have not got it written in front of me. Um, in fact, what I can do is I'm going to look at uh, the when the last game is for the uh, the tour. The uh, the third game is. Thursday in Brisbane. That's the third T20 between Australia and West Indies. And they play three ODIs, one in Brisbane, and then two in Melbourne to wrap up the white ball tour. Um, okay, should we speak to uh, Dan Bredig first or should we speak to Spencer Johnson first? What do you fancy here? Oh, let's let's go to trappings. <laughs> here he is. Here's Dan Bredig. <laughs> <laughs> India is a constitutional monarchy under Virat Kohli. How many times has Virat Kohli delivered for India in big matches? Virat's got got to be like, this is about me. I am am him. I saw Virat Kohli tonight and I nearly cried when he hit that six. I was emotional. I was emotional. So Kohli's the king. I don't know, it's just become a habit now where, um, you know, I, I thrive in those situations. That was masterful. That was mastery. That was virtuosity. Only running it off the curvature of the off-star for free <laughs> at that moment in the game was fucking, that was clutch. I've had the dream where I'm on all fours and Virat Kohli's sitting on my back. And I've enjoyed it. Kohli was looking to me like... A, a, a man without the beard vectors, a man without the beard vectors to get it where it needed to get, which was wrong. The beard vectors were especially nasty. I mean, how sharp are the vectors going to be? That'll be fucking tight. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
talk about the beard vectors during the series. And yeah, we yeah, used to be specifically the beard yeah. vectors, like just gets not angry. as sharp in the IPL. Not as sharp in the IPL. He's a, happy. A He's softer like vector. Softer vector. More yeah. curvaceous. A beard bit, vector. A little bit more curved to it. Trappings for the eyes. Dan Bredig, chief cricket writer from the Age, joins us at DB. Welcome back to the show. Love it to be here, boys. Love it. Professional. Uh, Bredig, you've run the rule over it. You've done uh, a huge preview in the age uh, and nine papers generally of the World Cup. Um, can I just ask you very broadly, how are you seeing it, apart from with your eyes, uh, but just uh, generally, how, uh, how are you seeing this World Cup? Uh, I see it as one of the World Cups that have been in South Asia. So I think you've got to look at them differently to the rest. This is obviously a very different World Cup to 2019, just on a geographical basis. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's like it really should be India's tournament to lose. That's the first thing to say. Uh, and that there's kind of um, like it just feels like with every year, there's more and more and more depth in the Indian white ball program. Um, and so their biggest strength is the sheer numbers of players that they have pushing through. And if you looked at that that warm-up series Australia had against India, um, a lot of the better performances were by guys who were either on right on the fringes of the squad, like um, Ravichandran Ashwin, or some of the guys who didn't even make it. So uh, that's India's big advantage. Their biggest disadvantage is sort of bound up in that as well, the expectation, the fact that, they haven't won a global event since the 2011 World Cup, the last time it was in India. And the fact that uh, I feel as though um, Rohit Sharma as captain and Rahul Dravid as coach, I, I just got the sense when I was in India earlier this year for the Test Series that uh, those guys, they do feel that sense of needing to perform and needing to win stuff and needing to get things conditions-wise going their way to make sure that that, happens or give themselves the best chance. And so, uh, yeah, if that is kind of transferred onto the rest of the team, um, yeah, we could see India, you know, get knocked out in the semi-final again, perhaps. Uh, I'm going to do the job of every commenter uh, yeah, already yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, typing in. Because I made this mistake. Uh, yeah. and, and apparently they won the ICC <laughs> Champions Trophy in 2013, yeah. Brady. Like anyone That's gives right. a fuck about that. Because it's, Brady, go to that end. Um, I've got a question for you about the Australian team. Because whilst I expect Australia to win every single game of cricket across any format they yeah. ever play in, Agree. I don't think anyone will really care if Australia don't win the World Cup. I think if we get knocked out before the semifinals, there might be a bit like, eh, we'll care a little bit, but I don't get the sense that anyone here really deeply cares that much about this World Cup. Thoughts? Well, if you think back 12 months that Australia hosted a T20 World Cup yes. and there was a bit of a sense that no one really cottoned on yes. that it was happening until its final weeks, mm. now you put that same tournament, not same format, but a World Cup nonetheless. In India, it's even further out of out of sight, out of mind. So that would compute with your theory, he goes. And I also think that, uh, yeah, as far as the format of the World Cup is concerned, uh, Australia should make the semi-finals. If you look, if you look down the list of the teams, if you look down the list of Australia's squad, the fact that they've been able to get guys. Uh, fit or close enough to it to get to the start line. 
uh, yeah, anything less than a semi-final would be a, a big disappointment. And it's nowhere near as cutthroat a format as the T20 World Cup was last year. So you'd say that if Australia can win six out of their games, um, they should get there. Then, of course, it becomes a completely different tournament from the semis. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, good good point. Good point. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what, sh- what should our expectations be, Brady? Because I, I feel like our white ball expectations have been kind of um, – squashed to the point where, as Higo says, as long as we put up an okay show, then we'll keep, you know, um, people at bay. Like, shouldn't the Australian cricket team be arranging a squad that is fit and firing and ready to go for this 50-over World Cup? Or or is the sense of a couple of old blokes hoping it all comes together more of a reflection on the direction of international cricket generally and the fact that this format seems to be on its last legs? I think it's more a reflection of the year that the Australian men's team has already had. Uh, They've played four test matches in India. They've played an Ashes series. They've played a World Test Championship, all of that away from home. And so it has felt very much over those two series against South Africa and India that this has been a case of just trying to crawl to the start line and hope that they can start walking World Cup starts. And... Yeah, that's clearly not the ideal way to prepare for a global tournament. Um, and then on the other side of that, in terms of, you know, how I said before about the sort of feeling that we were sort of sleepwalking into the pointy end of a home World Cup, let alone an away World Cup, uh, you know, it's five, six years since the Australian white ball team has been regularly on, you know, major market TV in Australia. So that I think that is bringing a little bit of a sense of what the England team has lived with up until baseball, mm. you know, the, the fact that they're kind of, they felt that they were off Broadway. And so all of a sudden you've got these guys in their thirties who've got really good England careers being like, Oh, I'm getting stopped on the street. Now I feel as though the Australian white ball team is kind of um, just drifting into that kind of sense of anonymity in Australia in a way that the test team isn't. And I think that's purely because of the, the way the broadcast deal was cut. I think as well, DB, we're probably uh, like uh, Australia hasn't quite cottoned onto it just yet, I don't suspect. But given that we will see the West Indies out here again, two years in a row for two test matches um, after the Pakistan series, Pakistan's record in Australia, how many games have they ever won in Australia test matches? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I'm pretty sure the last time that they won a test match in Australia was... um, 1995 at the SCG. Okay. And it was a dead test anyway. Right. So, well, that's, that's, um, yeah, that, that yeah is, a long time ago. That is, that is typically how it goes for the SCG if it doesn't rain. Um, so, <laughs> but then, but then after, after that series, uh, we get, you know, two tests in, uh, against the West Indies. Look, Pakistan have great players, but they've always had really good players, but they just really struggled to play in Australia. So I think that the Australian public might start to recognize how decimated test cricket has become about midway through uh, maybe the Boxing Day test, perhaps, before we get into two more tests against, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what kind of side the West Indies is going to be when they when they come out here. But um, but this sort of all couples into a World Cup where we don't really care that much after hosting a T20 World Cup. We didn't really care too much about because it rained and it was cold still. And, uh, and it's like, um, what's going to need to happen for the Australian public to fall in love with our cricket again? Because I don't really see how it can be centred around a test match summer. Well... 
I think increasingly it's been centered around test matches against India and England and the rest is kind of, we fill in the gaps later. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if that's the way that, you know, the administrators and the broadcasters look at it, surely that bleeds over into the public and the public interest. Um, And uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but I was fascinated by the promo that seven put out during the AFL grand final uh, for this summer which was Richard Roxborough walking around the SCG talking about, um, you know, the end of an era and, you know, David Warner's last test match and, and how special this group of players has been and, and all of that. Uh, Pakistan get mentioned in a graphic right at the end of the promo and <laughs> West Indies might as well not be touring if, if you were to, to look at that. So I, I think that tells you that there's a... Um, yeah, the, increasingly the you know the the wheels of the cricket economy are being reflected in what people actually um, get themselves up for and interested in, and I, and I think mm. probably as well there's a little bit still of an exhale following the ashes, given that that was something that really did kind of cross over from cricket series to cultural event kind of status. Yeah, uh, and um, you know there's. Um, uh, yeah, th- there is definitely an issue there for anyone who wants to um, both follow cricket but also, you know, have cricket as part of their lives in terms of playing it, um, watching it, working in it, um, that, uh, yeah, we've got the series we play against India and England and everything else. Mm. Do you think that's acceptable, Dan? Like, Do, do you think that's, the, uh, that's what the narrative of this summer is? should be that we're just going to be talking about our players have been pretty good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would like to think that every summer um, brings something um, to the table and we don't quite know yet what that is going to be. Uh, and I think that there's um, uh, a little bit of, um, well, what's the word? Um, yeah, there, there's just a little bit of, of a drift at the moment, given that, yeah, like I, like I, um, I said before we started, this sort of feels like a bit of a gap year. So, um, yeah, it's a question of, you know, which players emerge and actually do some things that are going to get us talking, like Hayley Matthews did last mm-hmm. night at North Sydney Oval. Like that was a great example of what you're hoping to see this summer and we just know that history says that, we may hope to see those things from the West Indies and Pakistan, but we haven't seen a lot of it in a long time. Um, but yeah, at the same time, this, you know, this summer is a really good reflection of, I suppose you'd say the, um, the global issues that the, that, um, you know, cricket Australia, um, the other rich boards, um, and when they sit together at the ICC board table actually need to thrash this stuff out and be like, well, you know, what does it benefit us if, we keep um, ensuring that the cricket world is getting smaller and smaller by our economic decisions. Um, and one other that, um, you know, it's it's worth pointing out, uh, you know, if you talk to the Australian players, they're not talking about this as a five-test summer, they're talking about it as a seven-test summer because there's the two in, in New Zealand. How is it possible that the current World Test Champions and the previous World Test Champions are playing a two-test series? Like, that to me seems um, ridiculous. That there's no, um, in, there's not enough impetus either in terms of Cricket Australia providing enough days in the calendar, or Cricket New Zealand 
being keen enough to do what they can with the days they've been provided to play a three-test series between two teams that have been pretty good in recent years. So I think there's, um, yeah, in terms of um, what you asked earlier, Sam, about, you know, should this be good enough? I think I think that gives you the answer that it isn't. Yeah, in, in terms of, like, blooding new players, DB, like, uh, I suspect if I'm one of the current 11 players uh, in the side, I uh, would not want to be giving up Pakistan at home, West Indies at home, because that's where I'm getting my five wickets. That's where I'm scoring my <laughs> 170s. And, you know, there's obviously a question about David Warner uh, going around again. Will he be selected? But I think he's probably still the best opening batter in Australia. Um, if you're just picking off, you know, who's going to score runs in Australia, he is probably more likely to st- score those runs than, say, Marcus Harris, who is probably next cab, right? So in terms of blooding new players, are you – expecting us to even see any new players really this summer? Because I, I, I want to score bulk runs and, and take wickets if I'm in the team. Uh, well, I think you probably look at the Pakistan series on one level and the West Indies series on another there. I'd say that mm. in terms of looking at a younger group, it'll be more so those West Indies test matches and then the New Zealand series after that than mm. the Pakistan series. I mean, as we discussed, Dave Warner's already been promoted for having his last lap right, right. <laughs> on TV. So it has to happen, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's um, uh, there were obviously moments during the back end of the Ashes series where, you know, the the um, the sort of the, the slow fade of the performances of the Australian team in that series suggested, well, yeah, now is the time to go younger and to um, and to and to start sort of an orderly process of turning over some some players so that you're not losing guys all at once. Uh, and you know, like I said before about like the summer the summer storylines emerging, that's always that's always a really good one for someone to to come out of the pack and mm. um, make some big runs or take some wickets. And and I think that's um, yeah. Like in term in terms of both something that's good for the performance side of Australian cricket, but also good for the, um, I suppose the the selling of the game in Australia. That that um, that sort of is at the centre of the Venn diagram. Mm. Dan Bredig, Chief Cricket Writer of the Age. Thanks so much for joining us. And you know that is how I always address you. <laughs> oh yeah, at the pub, at the cafe, just yeah, <laughs> you know, just just um, yeah, just drop it in at the start, please. <laughs> Well, I hope the man we're about to speak to doesn't mind me saying this, but every time I've invited a guest onto this show, I normally just get a one or two word answer. But this guy said, fuck yes, Pez, play me in. <laughs> they, they, were, they, were, they weren't the exact words. If you're watching on YouTube, you're looking at what some of the greatest trappings uh, that Australian cricket has to offer on the eyes. And the salad, the bouffant coming off the top of the head is just making me, uh, is make, is making me feel things. So it is, uh, with that in mind, we welcome Spencer Johnson for the first time to the grade cricket. Spence, welcome. Yes, Laz, thanks for getting me in. How good? Mate, how, well, you, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you tell me. Indeed. Spencer, do, do you have any idea how much uh, the you know the populace of Australia is pining for more Spencer Johnson on our cameras this summer? It's it's the chest, it's the salad, uh, obviously a little Ooh. husk in the voice there as well. Do you mind if I objectify you? <laughs> no, I'm happy with that. Um, but no, I'm not really aware. I'm not really aware of what's happening today, let alone what's happening in the <laughs> community. Um, you... you, you Got the national colours on a couple of weeks ago over there in South Africa. Uh, can you just tell us quickly about that experience? 
Uh, yeah, obviously, dream come true. Um, probably a little bit unexpected, to be fair, where I was this time last year. Um, I just missed out on the second level selection. So uh, to go from the yeah the bottom to the top quite quickly, it's it's pretty surreal. Yeah, can I ask you about the sequence of of your path from grassroots to Australia, Spence? Because I mean, you've also played, you know, for the Ovals uh, in in the hundred. You've played LA Knight Riders. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you're you're on the circuit, the the uh, the T Twenty League in Canada as well. But like, what's your sequence been from grassroots to Australia? Uh, well, I guess lots of club cricket. I played a lot of club cricket down at West Torrens, Henley Beach. Um, had a, f- a little bit of success there and then, um, yeah, there's lost contracts and injuries and things along the way. Um, but, yeah, this time last year I wasn't getting picked for second 11 um, and now I guess I had a decent big bash with the heat. Um, grateful for that opportunity. And then now I've, yeah, as you said, been in those flying around the world playing in those franchise cricket, which is pretty cool. Mm. Do you, do you already feel like you've had so much experience talking to people in the media who basically are asking you like who the fuck are you like and and <laughs> and, and where did you come from because like to, you know to our eyes you just you you're just a, a big throbber who bowls ninety mile an hour no and and like in Australia that person normally comes from like under 12 Australian cricket and then nursed all the way through. Um, I, I know your story because I've listened to it all the way through, but, like, have you had a lot of practice explaining to people, you know, why you've arrived where you have, even though not a lot of people know where you've come from? Well, yeah, funny you say that. I, I've been trying to stay away from the cliches and yeah. um, just sort of stick to what I know, but to be honest, I'm a lot more nervous coming on podcasts and doing interviews than, than I am playing. So right. if you could see my hands, they're absolutely sweating. Um, <laughs> there, can you show us your hands, actually? The <laughs> thing get me in is trying to pump me up because I've been such a, so straight down the line with these interviews. Yeah. Um, I'm for a bit of a fun one. So yeah. um, <laughs> out of me. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Okay, Spence, who's got the biggest cock in the Australian team? <laughs> there is one that comes to mind. We do, we do There's definitely one. He was the place in South Australia. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Now, you saw Travis uh, Head down at the Shield this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's that hand injury coming along? It's a big... Mi- no, um... Yeah. Uh, in 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 all seriousness, Spencer, you spa- let, let's uh, let, let's go from the bottom then, like uh, grade cricket. That is uh, West Torrens. Uh, you said you've played a lot of club cricket. Uh, like, has it always been the case that you have bowled extreme wheels and dominated? And but for injuries, you may have you know risen further up the ranks sooner. Uh, I'm not sure. I try not to think about it because. As I said, I'm I'm pretty straight down the line. If I'm thinking too far back or too far forward, my head would explode. Mm. Um, I'm trying not to use cliches, but yeah. it is one day because my head will literally explode. There's <laughs> <laughs> another salad, but there's not much between the ears. Oh, man. What I wouldn't give. <laughs> obviously you were in South Africa for that white ball series. I'm just keen to know what, uh, what the players think about ODI cricket just because there's, there's heaps of chat at the moment about – where that format is going and if the death knell has already been, you know, sounded out around the world, there's obviously a World Cup about to start. But 
are the players are the players into into the ODI cricket as much as they are sort of the franchise stuff? Um, it's a good question. I think they were more flat. They, they couldn't play as much golf because <laughs> back to back, lots of it's a lot slower on the body. Um, where the T20s you'd play and you could literally play golf on the same day. Um, so I think it's, it, it could potentially be coming to the end, but with the World Cup in mind, the boys were are quite focused on that. And um, as much as we would have liked to close the series out, uh, I think they've got a bigger picture in the World Cup starting this week or next week. Mm. Being like a new player in the Australian setup and understanding that like, you know, golf is really the vehicle to mm. um, increase your social capital. Uh, are, are you like not so much cricket or performances? Like, are you, are you a big golfer? Or have you, have you bought a private golf simulator at home just to sort of fit in with the boys a bit better? What's your relationship with the great game? Yeah, well, not yet. I did actually come home and say, that's it. I'm taking it up because there's a lot of time, a lot of downtime, good way to get around the boys, um, but I don't really have the mental capacity for golf. I've got I've got five or six good holes and then I'll clock off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spence, when you played for – when you were over in, uh, in America for the LA Knight Riders, um, mm. it would have been great if you could actually go around and, you know, play the games in LA or, you know, again, away in New York or whatever, but it was obviously just in uh, down there in – uh, what are we looking at? Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie, thank Dallas. you. Yeah, down in Dallas in Texas. But uh, what were you expecting when you when you went into MLC and what did you actually see? Was, was it wasn't any good is what I'm asking, I suppose? Uh, it was good. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be about 48 degrees uh, and have heat stroke every day. But apart from the weather... It was it was pretty cool. Like I've, it was that was my first franchise tournament, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot. Um, just to be around the change room with Lockie Ferguson and guys like that, Sonny Narine, uh playing against guys like Karen Pollard. Um, that was mm. pretty cool for me. I was a little bit in awe sometimes of who you're coming up against and who you're in the change room with. Um, coming from obviously club cricket change room to the best players in the world was quite cool. Um, but I think once once we do start playing games in LA and New York, I think it's going to be yeah one of the most sought after franchise tournaments after the IPL, definitely. Mm. Everybody wants to make it in America, though, don't they? Like, surely the boys heading over there are just thinking how good would it be to play in LA, New York, flying in between. Uh, you know, the, the circuit would be unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> is, is that is that why you got involved first up? Surely the boys are seeing it that way. Well. I've come back with a couple of cowboy hats and cowboy boots, so I think if that's anything to go by, me, me and Sam said a bit of a dress up one night, and um, I think that was a pretty that was a pretty funny night. Well, so. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Because now I'm just thinking you're in a hotel room dressing up together, which is fine, by the way. But <laughs> no, well, I reckon I spent about 400 USD on kit going to the stockyards in Dallas, um, and we just watched some balls run around and. Drank margaritas and Fuck yeah. yeah, that's good shit. <laughs> oh, that's, that sounds that sounds awesome. Um, I want to ask you, Spence, about like the in again in that white ball series. It just seemed like Australia had a really clear plan in, especially in ODI cricket, like where they were just trying to basically make it into a T Twenty. Was was that ever spoken about? Like sort of elevating what England had tried to do four years previously. Was it was 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 that spoken about? 
I think definitely with that intent, like you look at Hetty's first ball of the T20, if you look, go back to that ball off um, Janssen, he tried to hit that to the moon. Mm. Um, I think that sort of set the tone, a bit like the Crawley four for the yeah. Ashes. I think we just wanted to set the tone and that's how we want to play. Um, we were losing wickets and blokes were, were, still, were still scoring at nine and over. Um, so... Hopefully that comes, we bring that into the World Cup and, um, yeah, we can have a decent World Cup. Spencer, listening to your interview on um, BBC Stumped a couple of weeks ago or months ago, you're talking about um, representing Italy mm. in cricket as well. You're Nonu, is that right? Uh, yep. Migrated yep. From, from Italy in his 20s and uh, you proudly represented them. Uh, did, did you get any games? I got the impression with what you were talking about, you were sort of going to play, but then you got called out to, uh, like, called up to to bigger and better things, but did you get to play in the games for Italy and, like, absolutely frighten some other associate nations? <laughs> I, I wish. It would have made my international numbers probably look a little bit better than what they are. Um, <laughs> but, no, unfortunately I didn't. It was the same time as the Major League um, in America, in Texas, so I missed that one. Um, but now that I've played for Australia, I think I've got to wait three years between my last Australia game. So that it was something I was looking forward to. Ben Menenti, my South Australian mm. teammate, had fun there. They just missed out on the T20 World Cup in America next year, so they're a little bit flat there. But I don't know. It's, it would have been pretty cool to have a Forza Italia mm. oh. with, with Johnson on the back. Not not very Italian. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so awesome because you had to get you had to get a passport, didn't you, to actually qualify for Italy? So then, does that mean you now have just have dual passports anyway? Yep, so I've got, I was rolling around too in London. Um, oh, yeah. It was a bit of a party trick whenever you'd go out, you'd show your Italian passport and, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, did the job. Did you, <laughs> hang on. Part it, part it. What do you mean? Like, yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, what do you, what do you mean? Two yeah. passports? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a talking point. You know, you start a conversation. Oh, yeah, I'm Italian. And you yeah. just whip out the passport as well. Yeah. Um, and go on. No, that's it. That's, that's it. I just whipped it out. Um, so, um, Spencer, I, I just allude to what I said earlier around a lot of a lot of people will be, uh, and I know you'll, you'll be too humble to um, get into this because uh, you're, you're coming back from a hamstring and obviously you want to go one day at a time. Um, the, the current Australian team has been together as a group for many years. Uh, I think a lot of people here in Australia will be looking forward to some uh, new trappings for the eyes uh, and, and stuff like that. I I heard on a recent interview you did that you were at Travis Head's wedding and was it there that you got to meet like, uh, you know, the, the, the big bush horses like Cummins Stark uh, and, and Hazelwood? Is that where you met them for the first time? What's that meeting of, of four thoroughbreds like at, at Hetty's wedding? What are you guys discussing? Uh, you know, do you, do you feel accepted into that cartel? Um, well, yeah, to be fair, yeah, first time I met him, a, a few beers under the belt helps. Um, but I did feel a little bit out of my depth there. That just that tiny bit taller, tiny bit fitter. They they are different machines. They are, they're, yeah. It's pretty. And then obviously training with them, playing with them. But you you know why they've they've been put on this earth to to play Test cricket. So um, yeah, I guess they got around me a little bit. I, I didn't actually realise like I, I, this was just after the Aussie A, and they asked me how I went in New Zealand and how I enjoyed that. So it's pretty cool to see they're following along there. Um, but yeah, they are they are thoroughbreds, proper thoroughbreds. 
I mean, as soon as he got out the, the uh, second passport, though, I mean, that would have been all over you. <laughs> Probably got that, that on a, a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know you, you also said, speaking of, you know, that, like uh, you said, a bit taller, a bit fitter and stuff like that. Is that really the the situation for you? I know you've come through a few stress fractures, which is like a badge of honour for fast bowling. Uh, so I think that holds you in good stead, as difficult as that would have been. Um, like, do you, do you feel like the body's becoming harder and more unprepared for the rigours of, of higher level cricket? Is that, is that your challenge? Well, I think so. The last, the last probably twelve to um, eighteen to two years, those, yeah, I feel like my body's getting more durable. Um, I've come out the other side of those bony injuries and joint injuries where um, I feel like I can string a few games together. But now it's sort of the, hopefully the soft tissues don't aren't too regular. But um, yeah, I've obviously. Missed a lot, so now I'm trying to catch it up, and hopefully those years I missed early can catch up at the back end. Um, 27 now, so could have anywhere from five to seven years. At hopefully around the mark where I'm playing now. Mm. Just, just finally for me, Spencer, just to kind of couch all of this uh, in one go. Like, what's the difference between playing for West Torrens uh, on the field than it is for playing for Australia against South Africa? Um, and then probably more importantly, what's the difference in the sheds and the tubs, like in terms of culture, uh, you know, from from West Torrens to international cricket? Uh, sheds, I don't know. It's, I, I was in awe in the, um, in the Aussie room, not by the size of the pieces, but just, <laughs> just sitting down with... <laughs> Just, you know, you look across, there's Steve Smith, David Warner. <laughs> we've, we've got the West Torrance. We, we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the big boys looking about. <laughs> no, it's, it is different. It's very different. Are you saying there's a peace issue in the Australian team? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of tubbing. There wasn't a whole lot of tubbing. It sort of finished the game <sighs> to the hotel. Um Mm. But in at West Torrens, there's lots of tubbing. It's like a jail jail cell shower where yeah. everyone initiated in. So mm-hmm. um, I've, I'm not saying I miss it, but it's it's experience. <laughs> none, none, none of us like it. We just pretend to, right? <laughs> <laughs> Partition showers are the greatest thing that's happened in club cricket, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Hey, I hope that was okay for you, Spencer. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I hope that's only the first rodeo uh, for, for yeah. you on TGC. I hope there's a few more to come. But uh, mate, all the best for the for getting the body right. Summer ahead, we want to see you. Uh, we want to see you steam in with that salad and uh, everything else. Beautiful. Thanks for having me on. We'll get better from there. That's. I actually am quite nervous. Hey, you see, you seem good, brother. Yeah. Uh, me too, though. By the way, just looking at you. <laughs> Well, that's what, that's what people say when I'm playing. They're like, why are you so calm? I'm like, I'm actually not calm. I've got no idea what's happening. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to Dan. Thank you very much to Spencer Johnson for joining us on the show for the first time, Pez, but perhaps not the last time. Who's to say? Unfortunately for Brady, that is his last performance. Mm. Quite, quite weak, wasn't it, today, actually, from Dan? 
<laughs> in many ways, I have no idea. <laughs> Pez, before we get into hashtag AskTJC, this segment is brought to you by Ponting Wines, where you can use the code GETAFEW, Pez, and what do you get? You get 20% off at checkout when you use the code GETAFEW. Chuck it all in capitals to make yourself feel something. Pontingwines.com.au. You see Ponting popping up in some ICC clips. He's always part, like, like Ponting's always part of the official uh you know, uh, like sort of depiction, portrayal, uh, communication in and around big tournaments. Yeah, like they, 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 I saw it for the AFL Grand Final as well. But, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just can't um, remark enough on the feeling of safety you mm-hmm. know, upon seeing him. I feel like when you the ICC is like, oh, we got, we got to get an Aussie. It's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, straight to punter. Okay, uh, now what? Do you, now what do, you, what do you want me to talk about here today? Okay, if you, if you top of your head, what, what kind of wine do you feel like right now? <laughs> I mean, it's it's twelve thirty. Just gone twelve. It's twelve thirty. Twelve o'clock somewhere. Five o'clock somewhere. What do you feel like? If I was gonna, if I was gonna pour you something right now, what do you feel like? Uh, probably a look. Probably a you know, like the, the sun's popping out here, but mm-hmm. I do I do like a, a rouge. So I'm gonna say a Pinot Noir. Again, yeah, Pinot Noir. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go to uh, a couple of options here. You've you've obviously you've obviously got the uh, the two five seven, or you've got the Mowbray Boy. Do you, want to, do you want me to go to the 257? Yeah, I like a 257. Yeah, the 257, yeah. the Good 257 enough. Tasmania Pinot Noir 2021 from mm. Ponting. Um, this wine marks Ricky Ponting's milestone innings of 257 versus mm. India at the MCG mm. oh. in 2000, on the 2003 Boxing Day Test. Do you remember was, that game? He was impregnable in that game, Indeed. unable to be impregnated. Coming off a loss to India at the Adelaide Oval, Ricky plundered a career best 257 to bring the 2003-04 Border Gavaski Trophy <laughs> Border Gavaska trophy. Gavaski. Gavaski. To his mates. To his mates. Yeah, here he is. Is hey, Gavaski. Is Senna Gavaski. Trophy back on level terms at the MCG. Here's what Ricky Bonnie said. India were the toughest of competitors. Oh, I bet they were after mate. 257. And they bowled well that day. They bowled so well. Yeah. Yeah, Gal. This made uh, this made <laughs> this made scoring my highest test score of 257. <laughs> and and back-to-back double centuries in consecutive tests. <laughs> a cherished milestone of my career. That is a master That's at work. Exactly. That is a master at work. The 257 is made in a style to reflect the best of Tasmania. Ricky and I selected a single site in Meadowbank to create mm. a milestone-worthy Pinot White. That's, that's a quote from Ben Riggs. Uh, Pontingwines.com.au. You can get the full range there. If you go onto that website, use the code GETAFEW. You use that code, you, you punch it in the checkout, and you get 20% off. Hashtag AskTGC. This is from Wooly. Me? Uh, this is from Wooly. Wooly starts it off with, Dear the Final Word Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the boys. Shout out to the boys. Uh, I thought I'd start my Ask TGC with a Fox Sports-inspired headline to prompt more clicks. This is the headline. Disgraced debutante second grader is given the humiliation of being timed out after extremely mild sex story. (laughs) My tale begins a decade ago. Fresh from a few years in threes, battling dog tracks and edging to blokes smoking durries at first and second slip, I was promoted to the twos along with a few other players from the club. Preseason nets went without a hitch as our new captain assessed our talent in an effort to figure out the batting order. It's the first game and the 11 assemble in the sheds for the first time, awkwardly Im- imitating Eminem with, Hi, my name is... <laughs> to all the alpha blokes who hadn't attended a single preseason net. It's the stretch circle now, and all of a sudden the senior players start yelling random days one by one around the circle. Tuesday, one would say. Thursday, another. Friday, a few claps would ensue. I was catching on now. 
Monday, I lie just to safely feel like I was somewhere in the middle. It's called, uh, uh, it's one of the other newbies turns now. A bloke called Nav, who I've never seen before, steps up to the plate. As far as I'm aware, the bloke had just signed up to the club a few weeks prior and persuaded the club president that he had unbelievable pedigree and should be in the top team straight off the bat. He was a little confused with the stretch circle game, so our captain proudly obliges by telling him that everyone in the team needed to say honestly the last time you had a sex... Had a sex. Had sex. <laughs> had a sex. <laughs> and that the person closest to game day has to regale their story to the rest of the team. Oh, this morning, Nav says sheepishly. The blokes are yahooing and clapping at Nav's quiet and honest answer, as it is clearly true, and he will have the opportunity to recount a truly unbelievable sex story. <laughs> Go on, dot, 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 our captain said. Uh... Oh, um, we were just trying for a baby. <laughs> I haven't read this. <laughs> Nav mentions in Innocent, why are you asking me way? That's a shit story, Nav. <laughs> you can bat eight today for that, our captain said as he reached into his pocket for a coin to toss. <laughs> he can't be serious. I'm a top order bat, Nav says to the rest of the group. He is, mate, and if you're not careful, you might have to score first too, the senior player says. With the reality of the situation sinking in, Nav trudges to his kit bag to look for his keys and wallet. Going somewhere, Nav? Our captain asks after winning the toss and batting on a road. Oh, I need to go home and check on my wife, Nav says nervously. Okay, but make sure you're back in 30 minutes. You'll need to do a stint of scoring. Fast forward 45 minutes and we're up shit creek at 47 for four. I walk out to bat six and peer in to see our captain taking off his kit. Where's Nav, he says as he throws his harrow-sized kaboom against the wall in disgust. No idea, Skip. He said he'd be back after seeing his wife. I hope he has a better sex story after this little escapade. He side mouths as he removes his box from one layer of budgie smugglers. I duly depart after chopping on and the score is 54 for six now. Still no nav. Where the fuck is he? Our captain blurts whilst pacing around the scorers. He panics further whilst another bloke falls and the score is 62 for seven. Then it becomes 70 for eight and 77 for nine. Fuck! The opposition is standing around looking perplexed as we try and squeeze any remaining time for nav to show. Nothing. Our captain trudges to the opposition skipper and umpires to say, Ah, uh, innings closed, lads. We can't find our 11th player. The rest of our opposition burst with laughter as they take possibly the easiest wicket in the second grade history. 77 all out. Nav is recorded as timed out in the Crick HQ, brackets my cricket for skeletons, scorecard. <laughs> as we saunter out to field, while uh, a, a white Toyota Prius pulls up and a flustered <laughs> Nav leaps out as our opening bowler hurls the first ball. A slow clap ensues from both teams and Nav takes a spot at square leg knowing full well what he has done. My question is as follows. Is there anything more wheelie bin park shit than being given out timed out? Was this an elaborate ploy for Nav to come back to the game with a better sex story? Did Nav offer our captain after being demoted to eight? Why do I have reoccurring dreams I get timed out because my pads are made of concrete? <laughs> Yours in Patreon bunts. P.S. Attached to the scorecard for reference. Wooly. Well, Wooly's always a great uh, contributor yeah. to, to the... That's just, a very Patreon-esque story. The, he's a great contributor to the, the show generally, but also mm. Patreon. Now, I've got one question here from Nav. In that he just says, um, he just says, oh, I need to go home and check on my wife. Why? Well, I think that's what Willie's asking, isn't he? Yeah. My. What the fuck did Nav do? 
I, I tend to agree with Wooly that he like like Nav. So Nav, I mean, let's just walk it back a few steps. Okay. Firstly, okay. Firstly, um, just anyone is this de rigueur to leave a fucking game of cricket? It's not on. I mean, it should be okay if you're not really to bat or be involved for a while as an adult. You should be probably allowed to do other things. But on the other hand, we all, we all, you know, police. <laughs> I'm the cricket police. Uh, like, uh, who who leaves a cricket game for like um, administrative matters that that aren't a, like aren't a, a matter of emergency? This is the whole point. Like, once you sign up to a cricket season and you turn up to the ground. You like get you, into the ground, you do not leave until the game is over. We're all in this together. We are yeah. all deep in the mire of this fucking yeah. terrible sport. Yeah. And we you and aren't allowed we, to and move. We, we wallow in the filth of the trough mm. that is grade cricket. That's what we do. Beautiful. You cannot fucking leave for pastures greener. You fucking meek little yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. We didn't cook. I'm like I had a fucking I'm like a poetry slam poetry. I'm a slam poetry uh, so um, Nav has yeah, so why Nav is, has so shut the bed. This but is like also, weak. he's he's playing, he's playing. So so this is a, a standard of cricket where you're allowed to leave mm. for for like non emergencies, right? Mm. Nav has turned up without being aware of any culture of stretching circles, sex stories, yep. which again indicates yep. he's a normal functioning person. Yeah, but and there's no there's playing, no place for him. If he's turned up to Parky's club wheelie bin stuff in New Zealand, yes, right, <laughs> and he's been and he's been put in twos, and he's been saying to the president, "I'm a top order bat." Yeah, like like, it, he, how can he have been around the traps enough not to understand a stretching circle sex story um, protocol? I'm sorry to say, Nav, who's obviously trying to so he can't start play. a family. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, he, you need to leave the club. The the um. Well, like I, I do find the, the like the nexus of a normal man <laughs> just going. I'm playing a recreation on a Saturday. We're just normal like, men. He, yeah, <laughs> he was. He was. He was asked when he last had sex, and as a normal man, you know what I mean. Like he he earnestly replied this yeah, morning. Yeah. Like, What's your fucking filthy sex yeah. story, man? It's like we're just trying to have a baby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but then, but then, like, but then to add to it, then it's like oh, I've got to go home and check on her. So yeah, what well, the fuck are you well, playing? I think at, Nav? Right, like because he, like Navi's just absolutely um, his cricket police radar's going off. Willie's well, thinking, he's, I'm the cricket police. Wee wee wee. He's got he's gobsmacked. Someone yeah. make a song about that. Um, just cut up. He goes doing that over <laughs> and over, please. That's a, that's a song. Uh, yeah, like he's just absolutely gobsmacked that. He's told the truth. Mm. He's he's like he's done everything asked of him. Mm. He's the man most recently having sex. Yes, uh, no doubt the others who said their days have not had sex. Of course, like, like maybe one guy will have. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, and or at least seen it on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, true, true. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he like he then he actually gets punished. Mm. Like the captain's the captain's so upset that like he hasn't. You know, it's kind of like um, I always imagined. You know, in the you know, like back in the Australia like Test era, where they would um, invite a comedian to make everybody laugh in the circle before 
the day's play. Do you remember that? Like, and the, and you'd have no. a you, oh yeah, you'd have a you have a like. I, I reckon we're looking at like around about turn of the century, two thousand uh, to about two thousand three. Maybe that's a new high pressure, a new, a new John Buchanan initiative. Um, the like the the boys are bored. <coughs> you know, this is when they're getting Brett Lee in, yep. blonde stuff stories. But like, yep. um, you know, wheels just want to feel something. Massive cock. Yeah. 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 Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, absolute slug. And uh, they're they're standing in a circle, and the the cha- channel channel like, couldn't just had to pop out. And, and then, and then absolute slug. <laughs> that was like a fucking. Demon escaping. <laughs> <laughs> fucking demon just fucking <laughs> exercising <laughs> itself in you. They're standing in a circle uh, and they would have um <laughs> they would have uh Right. You know, like um people like like <sighs> comedians, like like funny funny known known funny people. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh like address the team okay. and, and tell I a joke. I think I knew that. To start the day, but I, like it was back in the day when there was probably a, a, a decent and respectful distance between cameras and what we were allowed to see yeah, and what the players right, were right, doing. Right, you yeah. know, it was mm. sacred because mm. uh, they were in the trenches and shit. And uh, I always imagined that those that they were actually like ostensibly they were telling a joke, but actually they were just regaling with the, the filthiest sex story yeah, they had. Yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. was just fucking all ears. Mm. Uh, that's how I'm, that's what I'm imagining here with this. Yeah. Like the captain is going like, this is how in in our club, this is how we start the day. Yeah. Like so, if you're just going to give us the the like the limpest mm. story. Yeah. You well, can, not the appropriate word, but yeah. Um, you can fuck off to wait. You, you you don't even get to bat in the top order anymore. You know, I I think that uh, this bloke has has gone home to improve the story. Okay. Or maybe he's gone like, or maybe he's gone. Wow, this experience is so toxic and dysfunctional i am like and i've actually left my wife who for whom we're trying to start a family and uh, you know realize some of our most important and sacred dreams in our life i've left my wife to to experience this i just wanted to have a bat and now i'm not even allowed to bat because i told the truth that i'm trying to start a family i'm going to go back to my wife now <laughs> thank you very much to Dan Brittig for joining us. Thank you very much to Spencer Johnson for joining us. Uh, and thank you for joining us on the internet and through the eyes and through the ears and through the heart. The World Cup starts. Who's going to win it? Who's going to lose it? See you soon.